1: We heard
0: you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over a 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at
1: LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. And now, Red Napier! Hi again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of If You Don't Like That. We are brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Locally owned for over 20 years, New Works has a fix for you. For your plumbing needs and repairs, just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. And remember, if you have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. New Works will be there with their 24-7 service. Again, for your plumbing needs and repairs, just go to newworksplumbing.com. Dot com. That's newwrx com. Well, next weekend, the Sacramento Kings are going to be hosting game one of the NBA playoffs. We are still waiting for the announcement of the schedule, which will probably be on Sunday. And I've been analyzing this season that the Sacramento Kings have had currently with 48 wins, an incredible record on the road, but at home, not very good. 48 and 32 overall is very good, but when you look at the disparity between home and on the road, it's kind of alarming. And then I looked at, okay, how many signature wins did the Kings really have this season out of 48? Did they have more signature wins or did they have more bad losses? Meaning that were you more impressed with the teams that they beat or were you more alarmed by the teams that they lost to? And how you define... Signature wins. I define a signature win a couple of different ways. Number one, one of the top teams in the NBA based on the standings. And number two, time of the game. Meaning, did you play them when the team was red hot? Did you play the team when they had injuries? Did you play the team when they were going through a bad streak? How do you analyze bad wins, or excuse me, bad losses and good wins? So I'm going to go over the schedule. Because I've been looking at it and I've been studying this and there are a couple of very interesting points to make. First of all, the Kings have had a very good season. Regardless of whether they've caught a lot of breaks or not, they've had a good season. They have won the Pacific Division. They have 48 wins. They are very good on the road. And they're not so good at home. And I think of everything that I'm going to talk about on today's podcast, that to me is the most bewildering aspect of their season. It's hard for me to understand how a team with forty-eight wins and a sellout crowd almost every night, can only be twenty-three and seventeen on the road as I speak, and yet on the road they're better at twenty-five and fifteen. And the reason why I mention that is, you know, you look at all the teams around them in the standings. If you go Denver and Memphis, one and two, 33 and thirty-five home wins respectively. Phoenix behind them with twenty eight home wins, all right. The Clippers have not been very good at home this year. They're at twenty two and eighteen, but then Golden State at home, thirty-three and eight. Okay, so those are your top six teams, the Kings 23 and 17 at home. On the road, different story. As we said, best record on the road in the Western Conference at 25 and 15. Now, when you analyze this schedule, what were the signature wins? Well, if you remember, the Kings started off to season 0 and 4, and then they got back on track. They won a pair of games against Miami, which has been very disappointing this year. At Charlotte, horrible this year. Okay. They beat Orlando on the road in overtime, bad team. Then at home, I thought their first signature win of the year. They beat Cleveland, who had come in red hot, a team that is good, and they beat them 127 to 120. Now, Cleveland was starting a long road trip, and they didn't win a game on that road trip. So they didn't fare very well, but when they came into play Sacramento, they were rolling. Then they won a game, at Los Angeles against the Lakers without LeBron James. I thought the next two signature wins were home against Golden State, 122-115. to 115. Everyone played for the Warriors in that game. And even though they didn't have Kyrie Irving, the Kings in front of a national television audience scored 153, and they got everyone pumped up and it was like, wow, maybe this team is for real. They're an offensive show and blah, blah, blah. So I would say Golden State and Brooklyn back-to-back, I would label as signature wins. Then they won at Memphis, a place that's very hard to win. But Memphis did not have Desmond Bain in that game, who torched Sacramento back on October 28th for 31 points. So to me, that's not a signature win. They lose at Atlanta. They lose at Boston. They lose at Phoenix. They beat Indiana at home. They beat the Clippers without key players. No one played in that game down in L.A. No one. No Kawhi. No Paul George. The Clippers mailed it in. Beat Chicago at home. Lost to Milwaukee. Won at Cleveland. Again, Cleveland with an excellent home record, but in that game, they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. The Kings didn't have De'Aaron Fox, so to me, I don't know if I would label that a signature win, but it was a big win on the road against a team that had been very good at home, but they didn't have their best player. Losses at New York and Philadelphia. bounce back at Toronto and at Detroit. Horrible loss at home to Charlotte. Then... They beat the Lakers without Anthony Davis. Then, how about this? They lose to Washington at home. Terrible team. They lose to Denver at home. Okay. They then beat Denver, but Denver didn't have Jamal Murray or Aaron Gordon in that game. Beat Utah. Lose at Memphis. Win against Utah. Lose games against Atlanta and the Lakers. The Lakers game was the second night of it back to back for the Lakers without Anthony Davis. Okay. then they went on a win streak, Orlando, two games against Houston, San Antonio, beat the Lakers again, injuries, no Anthony Davis, Oklahoma City. I thought the Oklahoma City was a big win. They had been rolling. They had played very well. I think they had won like nine of 11 coming in. So that to me was one of the more impressive wins. Philadelphia, horrible loss. No James Harden. No Joel Embiid. Bad loss at home. Beat Memphis at home. Memphis didn't have Steven Adams. Then you have Toronto. Horrible loss at home. Split games at Minnesota. One at San Antonio. lost a game at Indiana. No De'Aaron Fox. Got blown out at New Orleans. No De'Aaron Fox. Two wins at Houston. Split the two games with Dallas at home. One without Luka Doncic. Okay. Lose at Phoenix. Beat Portland at home. Nobody played for Portland. Signature win at LA, the first game for Westbrook that thrilling double overtime game 176 to 175 everyone played for the Clippers although Paul George did not play in the second overtime but that to me was one of their signature wins at Oklahoma City two wins no Shea Gilgus Alexander home against the Clippers no Kawhi Leonard lost at Minnesota beat New Orleans at home no Zion Williamson beat a good Knicks team at home big win right there they had been rolling one at Phoenix no Kevin Durant Lost against Milwaukee. I'll get to that game in a minute. 133-124, to 124, the home game against the Bucks. One at Chicago, one at Brooklyn, one at Washington. All bad teams. Lost at Utah, no problem. Lost at home against Boston, no problem. One against Phoenix, no Kevin Durant. One against the Jazz. They didn't have Laurie Marketing and a host of other players. The Kings, bad loss at home to Minnesota when they could have clinched the playoff spot. Won two games at Portland, nobody playing. Lost to San Antonio, nobody playing, one of the worst losses of the year. Good win against New Orleans, and then they just lost to Dallas. So when I look at this schedule, you know what jumps out at me? Not a lot of signature wins here. Let's just be honest for a moment. Not a lot of signature wins. I think the home win against Cleveland, yes. Okay? I think the home win against Golden State, everyone playing, yes. Brooklyn, under the circumstances, yes. Then I move on, and I'm looking for another signature win. Maybe at Cleveland, although they didn't have Donovan Mitchell, but I'll put that up there because they play very well at home. Then I'm looking at another signature win. Not against the Lakers home. They didn't have Anthony Davis. Not home against Denver. They didn't have two starters in the point guard, Murray, and the power forward, Gordon. At Utah, again... Jazz not playing a lot of guys. Then I'm trying to find another signature win on the schedule. And I would say Oklahoma City at the time was rolling, but they're probably a non-playoff team. So I don't know if I would label that a signature win. It was impressive at the time. Memphis at home, no st- I mean they didn't play anybody. Then you have the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay? That, and again, we talked about the Clippers game. I think the 176 to 175 game was a signature win. I really do. I thought that was a signature win. You know what I mean? What the best game of the year that the Kings played this year? It was the home loss on March 14th, I believe it was, to the Milwaukee Bucks, 133 to 124. With three minutes left, the game was up for grabs. Bucks were healthy. Bucks came in, best record in the NBA and the Kings went toe-to-toe with them. I really believe that was the Kings' best overall performance of the year. And so the reason why I'm doing this is, to me, there were a lot more alarming losses than there were really impressive wins. You want to start off on the opening night, Portland, bad loss. Start off the season at home, you lose 115-108, to 108, bad loss. Okay, Miami, they got screwed on a bad call. Tyler Hero walked. They didn't call it. He made a three. Game should have gone to overtime. They got screwed. All right. At Golden State, no problem. 116 to 113. To me, that's not a bad loss. At Atlanta, at Boston, not bad losses. Okay. At Milwaukee, not a bad loss. At the Knicks, no De'Aaron Fox. Okay. Not a bad loss. Philadelphia, Joel Embiid destroyed them. Not a bad loss. Charlotte at home, one of the worst losses of the season. Washington at home, one of the worst losses of the season. Denver, no Sabonis in that game. They lose 113 to 106, not a bad loss. At Memphis, not a bad loss. Down, lost by 10, okay? Home loss, Atlanta, bad loss. Hawks not that good this year and had been playing very poorly coming in. Lakers at home very bad loss no anthony davis lakers had played the night before the kings were off philadelphia at home very very bad loss no james harden no joel embiid they still put 129 on the board toronto at home very bad loss well under 500 not playing well 113 to 95 toronto at minnesota no problem lose 117 to 110 even though no carl anthony towns but to me that's not a bad loss At Indiana, no Fox. At New Orleans, no Fox. Both losses. Home game against Dallas, no Luka Doncic. Kyrie Irving's debut, or or not debut, but the second game, I believe, 122 to 114. Not, not Not a bad loss, but a game that you look back, they should have probably won. At Phoenix, before the All Star break, 120 to 109. Not a bad loss. Okay, Minnesota, at home. They lose 138-134. No Carl Anthony Towns. In my opinion, bad loss. Milwaukee at home, best loss of the year, 133-124. to 124. At Utah, no problem. End of a long road trip. They lost, no big deal. Next game, Boston, five games and seven nights. I didn't have a problem with it. I did not have a problem with the Kings losing that game. That was a schedule game. There are schedule games. That was a schedule game. Losing to Boston, plus Boston's a better team. All right? Lose at home to Minnesota, bad loss. Place is packed. You can clinch a playoff spot. Could have been the biggest night in the history of the Golden 1 Center, and you lost. Plain and simple, bad loss. All right? San Antonio, home, lose. 19-win team comes in. Horrible team. Awful. One of the worst teams in the NBA. You lose 142 to 134 in overtime. Losing at Dallas, second night of a back-to-back, no problem. So when I look at the schedule, you know what jumps out at me? A lot of really bad losses. And not that many really impressive wins. I got to be honest with you. I just ran them down. You can count them on one hand. The Kings got every single break in the world. And they took advantage of them. And that's why they won the Pacific Division. And it's why they currently have 48 wins. And it's also why the national media still does not give Sacramento much respect. You look at the national shows, a lot of times they don't even mention Sacramento when they talk about teams in the West. So as we get ready for the final two games, the question is, who do you want to play? Well, in my opinion, you don't want to play Golden State. You don't want to play the Lakers. It looks like if you had your druthers, you would take the Clippers. Now, as I'm recording this, the Kings have pretty much listed every single player as questionable for tonight's game against Golden State. What does that tell me? It tells me that they're mailing it in and that they want the Golden State Warriors to win. Again, I'm assuming that a lot of those players aren't going to play. When you listen to this, maybe not on today being Friday, maybe you listen to it on a Saturday or Sunday or the following week or a month later, I could be wrong. Okay, I'm talking about this without knowing for sure who's playing and who's not. What I do know is right now, Golden State is sixth and if that remains they will play Sacramento beginning next weekend in the first round of the NBA playoffs the Clippers also at 42 and 38 but they have the tiebreaker over the Warriors and then there are the Lakers who are game back currently in seventh at 41 and 39 who do have the tiebreaker by the way over the Golden State Warriors so as I talk to you on this podcast, on this Friday. I think it's a mistake for the Kings not to play their guys tonight. You got this far, you're forty-eight and thirty-two, you've had a hell of a year, you're taking on a team that has to win. Let's see where you're at. Throw the ball high up in the air. Play forty-eight minutes and may the best team win. Now I know a lot of you disagree. Say, Grant, you're wrong. You should rest everybody, you know, don't worry about it. You know, don't don't extend yourself Mm, You've come this far. Play them one more game. I would rest everybody on Sunday, but I wouldn't tonight. And again, I can debate this with you, and I'm not even going to be upset if you're going against me. I can see your point of view. I hope you can see my point of view. Final home game of the year, Warriors-Kings, all right? It's an entertaining game. Has a lot of playoff implications for the team that you're playing. You can develop, really, beginning next weekend, one of the great rivalries that we've seen for the Sacramento Kings over the years. Do you know that tonight's game, think about this, since the Sacramento Kings moved to Northern California in 1985, you ready for this? This is the first time that the Kings have ever played the Warriors with both teams over 500. Digest that for a while. Think about that. Here we are in 2023, right? 2023. And tonight is the first time that the Kings and the Warriors are playing a game where both teams are 500. Is that your most bizarre, crazy thing that you've ever heard of? You play each other four times every year. You're in the same freaking division. And yet, here we are, and it took all the way until the end of the season in 2023, to have both teams relevant and above 500. Figure, chew on that for a while. I mean, of all the things that we talk about, that's unbelievable. The Kings moved from Kansas City in 85. First time that both teams have been above 500. And by the way, there is a number... That they put, I mean, like you could play the first week of the season, and that would be true. But I think the number was post All Star break. I read, all right. So you know, you you could you could conceivably play in October or November, and yeah, you could have a team be four and three or five. But but after the All Star break, think about that. I believe it's after the All Star break. There's never been a relevant game between these two teams in March or April. Think about that for a minute. It's unbelievable. Kings are on their way to the playoffs. Will we be talking about a first round exit or will they be moving on and surprise the NBA world like they had this year? But if you're going to be objective about this, really not a lot of signature wins for the Sacramento Kings out of the 48. I'm just being objective. I'm calling it the way I see it. Many more bad losses than good wins. But you throw it out the window because they start a new season beginning next weekend. It is now time for our Q&A. CrowdUltra.com is the place for you to give me a question, and maybe I will answer it next week. And... It is brought to you by Fosters and Paws. Fosters and Paws are a group of animal advocates, and they primarily focus on those vulnerable dogs in shelters. They pull a lot of pregnant moms, nursing moms, bottle puppies, dogs with medical needs, and dogs in danger of being euthanized. Now, they do rescue differently because they look at every family and every animal as individuals. They want to make sure that they make the best choice for everyone involved. And they believe that teaching young children can really... um, help them throughout life in terms of treating animals with respect that it will have lifelong benefits. Now, if you are not able to adopt, uh, they are looking for donations as well that helps them with the food for the dogs and animals, the shelter and everything else. You can go to fostersandpaws.org for more information. That's fostersandpaws.org. All right. Our Q&A, crowdultra.com. Jake wants to know, do you know pros who have struggled handling retirement. Yeah, a lot of pros have handled um, it poorly. I mean, your life changes considerably, both financially. Instead of being away from home all the time, you're all of a sudden home. You know, I think I read where three years after players retire in the NBA, the divorce rate is something like 85%. Yeah, there's a lot of issues that come with it. There's no question about that. Brad wants to know, do I expect MLB viewership to go up this season? Yeah, I do, because the game's a lot more enjoyable because of the new rules. So yes, I do expect... The numbers to go up. Dylan asked an interesting question. How far did the Kings need to get through the playoffs for this season to be considered a success? It's already a success. This team, in many people's eyes, they weren't going to make the playoffs. They've already won the Pacific Division. They have 48 wins. They're hosting a first round playoff series as a three seed. It's already considered a success. And Dylan, I'll be very disappointed in Kings fans if they consider this season unsuccessful, if they lose in the first round of the playoffs. Trevor wants to know who should be in the NBA GM of the year running. Obviously, Sacramento, Monty McNair. Cleveland and me will get some votes. It depends on how you look at this. But I think Monty McNair is right now in the driver's seat and the leader in the clubhouse. Reed wants to know, is Draymond Green right saying the Warriors will be the NBA's last dynasty because of the new CBA rules? We'll read a couple of things. I don't pay any attention to anything that Draymond Green says. I think he's a bozo. And number two, no, I don't agree with him. Chase asks, how much more popular do you think Shohei Ohtani would be if he spoke good English? That has nothing to do with it, okay? Nothing to do with it at all. It's the fact that he plays in Anaheim and nobody watches the Angels play. So he is a household name in Major League Baseball, but if you put him on a big stage in New York, okay, Chicago, other great baseball cities like San Francisco, it would be off the charts. But the reality is he plays in a market where the Dodgers are top dog and the Angels are an afterthought. And the Angels don't ever do anything, even though they not only have Otani, they have Trout. So that's part of it as well. Win some games and get into the playoffs. Cody asked, do you agree with Tim Hardaway Sr. that the Mavs don't have a leader? Cody, I'm not that, I guess, in tune with the Mavericks, meaning I'm not within the walls of their organization to be able to answer that question. Matt wants to know, why would the Patriots consider trading Mac Jones? I'm puzzled on that too. I like Mac Jones, Matt. I think he's a very good quarterback. Mike wants to know, do you think the NHL will continue to do pride-type celebrations next season? I think they'll have pride Nights, okay, I do believe that, but I don't think they're going to have their players come out in ceremonial warm-up jerseys before the game. And I think if they do, they are making a mistake, but the NHL, to me, has made a lot of mistakes on this particular topic involving Pride Night. Just go to crowdultra.com. Maybe I'll answer your question on next week's podcast. It's time for rant. rant. Today's rant is brought to you by Gold Country Veterinary Hospital. They are located in Auburn, serving the foothills in the greater Sacramento area. Full-service veterinary medicine, dentistry, surgery, and wellness care. And they are dedicated to urgent care. So, bottom line, hey, when your pet needs to be seen... They are available, and they've got the most modern technology from CO2 laser surgery. They have therapeutic laser treatments to head and full-body CT screening, and they're also very proud of their pain management protocols for maximizing faster recovery for the surgical and dental patients. Remember, they're full surgical care from spay, neuter packages to advanced orthopedic procedures such as ACL repairs, dentistry, and much more. That is Gold Country Veterinary Hospital in Auburn. All right, I talked a little bit about this on my podcast. You get down to two games left in this season. You have one home game left against a team that's 90 miles away in the Golden State Warriors, who have a lot to play for. And as I record this, it appears the Kings are mailing it in. They pretty much have everybody on the team on the injury report questionable. Now, that could change as we get closer to tip off tonight. But I am not a fan of that. I know there are those of you out there to go in NAPES, you know, settle down. At this point in the season, you can't afford an injury. Injuries can happen anytime. Go out and get some confidence. You've played like horse bleep this year at home, especially the last couple of games. I mean, how do you lose to Minnesota when you have a chance to clinch in front of your fans? Then the fans come in getting ready to celebrate you clinching in Portland and you lose to the Spurs? Really? So how about using this game tonight? How about gaining some great confidence? The Warriors seem, out, seem to bring the best out in you. Play everyone, beat the Warriors, and don't worry about who you're going to play next weekend, okay? Worry about feeling good, having confidence, momentum. I don't like the fact that it appears the Kings are sitting everyone down tonight. I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. And even though Mike Brown is the coach of the year and has done a great job, this is an organizational decision that I do not agree with. And that's my rant for today. Hey, be sure and join Ryan a little bit later today. Pre game, halftime, and post game. I am flying to Sacktown. Yes, indeed. So, Ryan will be handling the duties solo. He'll do a great job. See you soon, everyone. Have a great weekend.